I'm Pastor Barry. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life. And I just want to take a moment and say thanks for joining us for worship here this weekend. Whether this is your first time with us here or you've come for years, we're just so glad that you decided to invest part of your weekend uh, with us here at New Life. If this is your first time, just know we are so thankful that you're here. We have been praying for you this week. We have prepared for you, and we just hope that you have an incredible experience as we worship together today. I have the opportunity today to continue in our Q&A series. This series has covered a variety of topics around life and faith and the Bible, and it's my hope and prayer that as we've walked through this series, not only have we walked away with a greater uh, quantity or amount of knowledge, that's important, but I also hope that we've picked up some tools and some skills that will help us to live out our faith in the days and weeks to come based upon a, a biblical foundation, because that's our hope, right? That we would take what we have learned, that we would apply it to our lives, and that we would live it out until we see Jesus face to face someday. So today I get to talk about healing, which is a pretty, uh, pretty incredible topic. And I'll be honest, I would bet that most of us in this room can relate to healing in some way. And you're going, really? How's that? Well, I guarantee that if you're older than like six weeks old, and I don't think anyone here is younger than six weeks old, that we have all at some point been sick, Amen. right? Yeah, because we have bodies, right? We all have bodies. Just check, make sure your body's present here today. You got a body. And because we have bodies, we're all susceptible to them not working from time to time, right? I hear this gets better as we get older, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of you are nodding. Some of you are elbowing spouses. Yeah. So, yeah, as we get older, things just don't work the way that they used to. And because of that, we're all in need at times of, of healing. And as we say often here at New Life, not only are we physical bodies, but we're actually made up of three parts. We have a spirit. We also have a soul, which is our mind, our emotions, and our wills, and our bodies are the third component of that. And so when we talk about healing, we're talking about the whole being, all of us, because those three components, they integrate and they interrelate. I'll prove it to you. We know that if you experience long periods of sustained stress, your body's going to break down, right? We know that. And we also know that if you get like a really terrible physical diagnosis, your emotions will be affected, right? And so and even in scripture, we read about the grieving of the spirit. All of these components are interrelated. So when we talk about healing today, we're talking about something to which we can all relate. And it can be in a variety of forms, physically, it can be emotionally. And there's a sense in which healing can impact all of those areas. Now, the question is, that we're going to talk about today is, can God heal? Does God heal today? And the answer to that is, yeah. Yeah, he heals. He heals people every day. And he does so in a variety of ways. How many of us, when we've been ill or not feeling well, or even had some emotional issues in our past or whatever that may be, have gone to a doctor or a counselor or a therapist or a physician? How many of us have ever done that, right? Yeah. All of us, you know, chiropractor, you know, holistic, whatever. You know, we've all gone to something. Why? Because we wanted to feel better. And God heals through doctors and physicians and counselors every day. And you're thinking, well, Pastor Barry, that's not very spiritual. It doesn't have to be. God has trained those people, have, has given them gifts, talents, and abilities to do what? To help. 
to bring about healing in our lives. Not only that, he's gifted certain folks to help develop medication. God can heal through ibuprofen, you know, because again, he has gifted those folks in certain ways that it brings help and healing to all of us. It's a miraculous thing. I am so thankful, like many of you, for antibiotics, right? As we enter into the cold and flu season, right? Thank God for amoxicillin. It got me through my childhood. And then there's our bodies themselves, which are incredible. The psalmist tells us our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you think about everything that your body does whenever a virus or bacteria enters, it's incredible. The white blood cells, it's like a little war going on inside of our own, uh, our own bodies. So yeah, God heals each and every day. And I want us to know something in particular. It's so important that I made it our take-home point. And I want us to hold on to this point as we walk through the rest of the message today. And it's this, all healing comes from God. Amen. All healing whether it comes through a doctor or medication or our bodies do the work themselves, all healing comes from God. And we've got to hold on to that. But there's another question, isn't there, right? And the question is, well, does God heal miraculously? Does God heal miraculously? And I'll be honest, that's a question that most, mostly comes from, from Christians. That's a question that Christians ask. Because if you don't believe in God, and you don't have a relationship with him, you're not thinking whether he can heal miraculously most of the time. But it's a natural question for Christians to ask because once we come to know Jesus and we start reading the Bible, we start reading about all the stuff that he did, right? And then we start reading about all the stuff that his followers did. I'll be honest, that was my experience. I've shared it here before. In my early teenage years, I really began to, to read the Bible, wanted to read it from cover to cover, and I got to the Gospels, which are the first part of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the books in the Bible that tell us about the life and work of Jesus. And then there's the book of Acts that tells us about the life and work of the early church. And as I read through those passages of Scripture, those portions, what became really clear immediately was that Jesus did some pretty crazy stuff, and he healed people miraculously, and so did his followers. And I thought, I wonder if that's still possible today. My story would be very similar to another story that I'm going to mention here this morning of a guy named John Wimber. John Wimber, a little older than I am, came to faith in the 60s, had a bit of an interesting past, came to faith. He was in a rock band at the time, you know, 60s rock band, came to faith. And once he came to know Jesus, did the same thing, started reading his Bible. And he called it the stuff. He noted all the stuff that Jesus and his followers did. And he went to church. The first time he went to church, fully expecting to see the stuff, the healings, the miraculous parts that he had read about. And for John Winber in the 1960s, and even me in the 1990s, we waited to see the stuff, right? We're like, where's the stuff? And it didn't happen. Or if it did, we certainly didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. And so Winber became a pastor, and he began to pray actively that that would happen as a result of what God was calling him to do, and it did. I asked a lot of questions, and I actually said to my folks, to my parents, I need to figure some of this stuff out. And under their guidance, I, I tried, and I began to go into different environments and in different churches where I thought that that might be possible, and I found some of the stuff. I'll never forget the first time I was in a small group setting and we were in prayer 
And someone in that group just knew that someone else in the group was sick. Not only did they know that they were sick, they claimed to know what was wrong with them. They knew the ailment and they were right. And then we prayed for that person and they were healed right then. And let me tell you, I was freaked out. Freaked out. Because I thought I knew about the stuff and I did, theoretically. But then something miraculous happened in that moment and I was not prepared for that. Even though I knew in theory, when it happened, I thought, I didn't know that God could work so fast. It was beyond anything I'd experienced in that moment. And so I had even more questions. And as we've talked about throughout this series, questions are good. And so I went back to the Word of God and I began to dig, as we're going to do today, to see what the Bible had to say about healing in general, specifically, and for today. But before we get into that, let's pray. Lord God, I ask right now that by the power of your spirit, you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your word this day. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for what you've done and what you will continue to do. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. So what does the Bible say about healing? We're going to look at a couple of passages today. And the first comes from Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, and it makes very clear that all healing comes from God. Exodus 15, 26 says this, for I am the Lord who heals you. God loves us. He wants us to thrive. Our God is a God of healing. We see that first in the Old Testament. And then we see it reaffirmed in the life and ministry of Jesus in the New Testament. Most pointedly, perhaps in Matthew 4, 23, which says this, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So not only was it affirmed in the Old Testament, it's reaffirmed in the New Testament by Jesus. And we see him going throughout these towns, healing miraculously, caring for folks. And we often think when it comes to Jesus that he came to save us from our sins, and he did. But we always think of that in a very spiritual sense. But in the Greek, the word to save is sozdo or sozo, depending upon which pronunciation you look at. And it can mean to heal as well. So not only did Jesus come to save us from sin and death, he did. But he also came that we may have life, have it to the full, which means that he came to heal and restore us now, spirit, soul, and body. We're changed and transformed as we enter into a relationship with Jesus. And that's an incredible promise. We have a God who loves to heal and loves to restore. Not only did that begin in the Old Testament and carry through the life of Jesus, it didn't stop there because Jesus commanded his disciples to do the same. In Luke chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus, in speaking to his disciples, said this, Heal the sick and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you now. And once the disciples started healing folks, they never stopped. I can still remember as a young kid reading through the book of Acts and the incredible stories that were told. I don't know if you realize this, but in Acts, people at one point were trying to gather in such a way so that the apostle Peter's shadow would fall on them, so they would be healed. And if that's not crazy enough for you, the apostle Paul, people were trying to have him touch handkerchiefs and aprons 
because sometimes when those claws were touched by him, they healed people. And you're going, I heard about that on cable TV. That's not the way that we're talking about here. Here's the thing. That was an incredible outpouring of God's mercy and blessing in a specific time. And man, God used that to build his kingdom and for people to come to know him. And unfortunately, people have taken that and exploited it. They've exploited it. And I apologize for that. That hurts our faith. So much so that when we think about healing, we think of all the negative things that have come with healing. You only need to go so far on the internet or tune into so many cable news outreach and evangelism endeavors to see that you too can buy a healing cloth. And that's not what we're meaning here. But it's been exploited. People have used it to make money, just like everything in a fallen order. And that causes us sometimes to question whether healing is still possible today. Is healing still possible today, or was that something that happened with those apostles back then? Well, again, you can see why some folks would question, because again, our experience oftentimes is negative. As we've been asked to do thus and such in order to receive thus and such, and only if we have enough money or if we had a bit more faith, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, friends, that perhaps we ought to consider what God can do when we come with a pure and contrite heart. But I understand why that's a barrier for some folks. It was a barrier for me because I grew up in a church that was a bit what they would call cessationist by nature. And cessationists are simply believers who hold that God doesn't work miraculously anymore. And they're called cessationists because they believe that those works of the Spirit have stopped because cessation means to cease or to stop. So I grew up in a church where we had a bit of a cessationist bent. So in my teenage years, when I came and said, hey, what about the stuff? It wasn't really warmly received. But as I told you, I don't know if it's because of my nature or who I am. Perhaps it was curiosity. It might have been a touch of arrogance. I don't know. But I just couldn't believe that that was true. I couldn't believe that God wasn't still working in that way today because he had told his disciples to do the same. And I just didn't see any part of scripture that told us to stop. And so, as I mentioned, I went on a bit of a journey. Because here's the thing, friends, think about it. If God still allows for healing to happen today and it happens in a miraculous way, think of what that means for each and every one of us. Think of what that means as we live out our faith as we get to be his agents in the world to bring his healing and restoration, we get to participate in that. In a world that's so divided, we get to bring healing, literally, to folks in spirit, soul, and body. What an incredible testimony that would be. So, my questions led to searching. And as I searched, as I mentioned earlier, I found that God could heal miraculously. It was reaffirmed by the word of God that God does heal. And the experience said that he continues to heal today. In fact, as I wrote this message a couple of weeks ago, I actually had the opportunity that week to pray for two people for healing. One person knew Jesus, the other does not. But I told them that I'd be praying for them for their full healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. For the one who does know Jesus, they were encouraged. For the one who didn't know Jesus, they were thankful. Now, will God heal them? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what God may do. We do know that when God heals, we get a foretaste of what heaven will be like because we're promised that when we see Jesus face to face, we will be fully restored, spirit, soul, and body, amen? Like that's our hope. That's what we're looking forward to. And when God does decide to heal partially now, we get a little bit of a taste of what heaven will be like. And you said, wait a minute, you just said partially. Yeah, because if God healed all of us fully all the time, we'd never die. We'd never die. And friends, death is a part of this reality unless Jesus comes back first. But what we do know is that he can heal if he chooses to do so. If he doesn't, Paul is really honest. The apostle Paul makes it clear that our bodies are groaning. Literally, the word he uses is groaning for restoration and redemption. It's funny. I often think how Paul knows what it sounds like when I wake up at five in the morning. You're like, okay, here we go. But yeah, many of us can relate to the groaning that Paul talked about. There's a sense in which we know it's not supposed to be this way. We're not supposed to feel this way. We're not supposed to experience these things, but we do. But again, if and when God does choose to move and heal miraculously, we get a foretaste of what heaven will be like. But we don't know the outcome. And unfortunately, for many of us, we just decide that, well, is it even worth it? John Winber has a pretty incredible quote I wanted to share this morning because I believe it really helps us capture what we're getting at today. He said this, when we prayed for no one, no one was healed. Now we pray for everyone and some are healed. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope that we have. We have the hope that our God can and will move miraculously from time to time. In fact, friends, we get to play a part. Just as Jesus spoke to his disciples and gave them the command to go forth and to heal, that same command carries forth to us today. So how do we heal today? What does it look like for each and every one of us? Well, as Winber just noted, we get to pray. And here's the thing. We have to keep in mind that we don't heal anyone, right? It's not like I've got some sort of magic up my sleeve and neither do you. Because God is the God who heals and we can't get that mixed up or messed up. If we do, we're gonna be the ones hawking prayer claws and healing potions. And that's not where we wanna be. No, we know that we serve a God who can heal, but he's the one that does it. We just get to play a part. Not only that, I found that in experience, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to get wild and crazy. It doesn't have to be that way. As a matter of fact, within Scripture, we're given a pretty simple process. We make it way more complicated than it needs to be. But in James chapter 5, it says this, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. That's it. That's all we got to do. We pray for folks. We anoint with oil. And we see what the Lord would do. We make it way more complicated than that. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be wild. It doesn't have to be anything other than simple as we extend the love and compassion that our Lord has extended to each and every one of us. It doesn't have to be guilt. It doesn't have to be questioning of faith. It doesn't have to be any of those things. As a matter of fact, 
All we have to do is be willing to be used by God. Now, I will say that part is simple as well, but it is not easy. Because oftentimes when we enter into prayer for ourselves or for others, God will allow us to enter into that, but it causes us to be vulnerable and a little transparent. And sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable. And I'll explain that by way of a story. In the summer of 2017, I had the opportunity with several of us here at New Life to go to Cambodia with our friends from the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, SEAPC. And while we were there, we, we met with Faith Toomey, who was and is a, a missionary to the folks of Cambodia. And we had an incredible week serving with Faith and her teams. And as the trip was drawing to a close, it was actually the day that we were going to leave. Uh, we were going to leave mid-morning, something like that. And they asked if in the morning we would consider, Faith asked if we would go to the campus where she was ministering to walk and to pray. And I love prayer walking. It's one of my favorite things to do because you just walk and pray and you see what the Lord would do. And so we started to walk and we started to pray. And as we were kind of walking around campus, uh, one of Faith's students was there that Faith didn't know would be there that day. Uh, and her student's name uh, was and is Kun. And Faith said, oh, this is wonderful. And she introduced us to Kun and said, hey, I would really love if you guys would pray for her because she has this really weird physical ailment. She just tends to pass out for like an hour or two and nobody knows why. The doctors are confused. They think it might be a heart condition. We're not sure what it is, but would you pray? So what was Faith doing? She was living out James 5, right? We're there. We're praying. Now, we don't have oil, but, but Matt Geppert, the president of SEAPC, taught me a secret on that trip. He said, you always have oil. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, you just go like this, and then you rub it on their sleeve so they can't see. And I was like, that's a good tip, you know? And so we began to pray for this young woman. And as we prayed, several folks prayed for her heart because that's what we thought it was. That's what Faith said. And Faith had asked if I would consider closing in prayer, and I said that I would. And as everyone prayed, we all mentioned her heart, and I just, I just knew that was wrong. I don't know how I know. I try not to be arrogant about these things, and I'm actually fighting with God in my mind, like, God, who am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? What are we doing here? And as we were praying, I actually am very thankful that she asked me to pray last because I was just thinking the whole time, what should I pray? Lord, what would you have me say? Anybody else been in those situations before? Like, oh gosh, what am I doing? I'm in over my head here, Lord. <laughs> they didn't go over this in preaching 101. Believe it or not, you go through seminary, they don't teach you everything. So I'm praying, and he said, pray for her body, her soul, and her spirit. Just came into my mind. And I thought, well, that's great, because that covers all the bases, right? And if I pray for you today, I'm probably going to pray for your body, your soul, and your spirit today or anytime I have an opportunity to do that. I'd encourage you all to do the same. Why? Covers all the bases. So I started to pray. I prayed for her body. Nothing. And then we prayed for her soul, her mind, her emotions, and her will, because those things are interrelated, right? And so the third came up and I said, and Lord, be with her spirit and boom, what I can only describe as the most intense pain I've ever had uh, up to that point in my life hit me about right here and it took my breath away. And I went, oh, we have a spiritual thing. The Lord got my attention in that moment and I knew automatically in that moment that it was demonic. And some of you are going, that's not possible. Listen, it freaked me out more than it's freaking you out right now. Guaranteed. Because I knew that it was. I thought that it was. I kind of hoped that I wasn't being crazy in that moment. I was really confused. And I felt physically ill. 
And so we ended prayer for this woman, and I looked at Faith, and I said, could it be spiritual? She said, oh, yeah, it could certainly be spiritual. I said, I think it is. She said, what do you think that means? I said, I don't know. Good answer. When you don't know, you should say, I don't know. She said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to talk to Pastor Chris. Always kick it up a level. So we went and found Chris, and I said, this is what happened. And he said, we should talk to Matt. (laughs) Always kick it up a level. So we went to Matt Geppert, the president of SEAPC. So thankful he was there that day. And I said, this is what happened. He said, that girl was in our communication to all the nations this morning. She was in our newsletter. And what went out was her physical thing. And what the, the, end, the last sentence was, we don't know what's wrong, but we pray that God will reveal what is. Whoa. Whoa. And he said, I thought that was a really terrible way to end a newsletter. And I went, oh, maybe I'm not crazy. You know? Because in that moment, he knew stuff that I didn't know. But through this team effort, the Lord revealed something, and then we prayed for that young woman, and we continue to pray for her. But she was freed from demonic bondage that day, she came to know Jesus that day, and she's continuing to live out a life of faith to this day, praise God, right? Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I'll tell you this, I don't ever want to feel like that again, but if that's what happens, praise God, we'll take it, right? And so as a result of that, as a result of that team effort, what I came to know, friends, was prayer is a pretty incredible thing. And healing, it affects all areas of us. It's body, soul, and spirit. And I don't know where those things fall. But if God chooses to move, my word, it can be powerful. And then I also learned about the fact that a lot of times when he calls us into that, you're going to feel way over your head. I felt so far over my head. All those years ago, I remember that person sitting down in that small group and going, your ailment is this, and we're going to pray over that, and thinking, how do you know that? I never knew that the Lord would choose me to do something like that, but he did. What that is, it's called a word of knowledge, and a word of knowledge, quite simply, is a gift of the Spirit, and it allows us, and it's extremely helpful because it allows us to know things or discern things that we just don't know naturally. I didn't know what was wrong with this girl. I thought it was her heart. But through that course of prayer, the Lord revealed something. It can be really helpful. It can also be really challenging and sometimes horribly inconvenient because we were leaving. We're going to the next town. What if I'm wrong? But thankfully, through that that team and those men who knew more, and don't be afraid to rely on folks that know more, there was some healing that day. And I'll be honest with you guys, as humbling as it can be to be the one who receives a word of knowledge, and the Lord's made that possible a few times in my life, it can be just as terrifying if you're the one who's they're talking about. And I'll prove it to you. How many of us have been in a service from time to time where they said, and if you're sick, why don't you come on up front today and we're going to pray for you? And you're like, I'm not 100%, but I ain't going up front. No one really cares about my knee or that I have a sniffle or that I'm not emotionally okay today. God, that's just too, that's too small potatoes for you, right? That's what we say. That's what, it's what I've said. I have a cold today and I had people pray for me and I still don't like it because it's like I just have a sniffle. Is it that big of a deal? Yeah, it's a big deal to God. Nikki Gumbel, who founded Alpha, where we're drawing a lot of this material, shares a story where he was in a service with John Wimber. 
And John Wimber stood up in front of the entire audience and said, 10 people here have athlete's foot. Could you imagine? He said, 10 people here have athlete's foot. And Gumble had athlete's foot. You know what? His wife knew that he had athlete's foot. And he's just planted and she's digging that elbow in and digging it in. And he's like, I'm not standing. And finally, the pain from his wife was so, you know, so compelling that he stood up. And a guy from the prayer team came up and said, can I pray for your athlete's feet, foot? And he said, no. <laughs> no, don't, I've got spray. It'll be fine. And he said, well, how can I pray for you? And Gumbel said, if you would pray for me to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I'd like that. Young guy, just became a believer, was actually practicing as a lawyer at that time. And so the man began to pray. And the Spirit of the Lord fell so powerfully on Nicky Gumbel in that moment that it caused a commotion. The commotion was so loud that John Wimber noticed it from the stage. And as they were carrying Gumbel out, who's a really straight-laced British dude, so you can only imagine. As they were carrying him out, Wimber said this, God is giving that man the ability to tell others about Jesus. And that's been his life's mission ever since. Founded the Alpha Series because he had athlete's feet. Nothing is too small. Nothing is small potatoes for our God because we don't know what he'll do. We don't know if we're the ones who get to do the praying or we don't know if we're the ones who get to be prayed over. But God can and will, if he so chooses, heal. Sometimes he does it through doctors. Sometimes he does it through counselors or therapists. Sometimes medication is helpful. Sometimes our bodies do it themselves. Sometimes he heals us miraculously. And sometimes we're fully healed and restored when we see him face to face. We don't know what he's going to do. But we get to play a part in that. And as we do so, we'll be living out our next step for today, which is this. I will pray for someone's healing or allow someone to pray for my healing this week. Friends, that's a pretty simple step. Think of those in your life who need a healing touch. If you need prayer today, we always have prayer partners up here. They actually have oil. They won't wipe their foreheads. But there's nothing too small for us to be praying for in the days and weeks to come. Whether we get to pray for someone or someone prays over us, we don't know what the Lord would do. But what we do know is that if we don't pray, no one will get healed. But when we do, God will heal some. Amen? Amen. Amen. As I said today, we know that true healing and restoration will come for all of us when we see Jesus face to face. For those of us who claim Jesus as Savior and Lord, that restoration is our hope. That's what we're looking forward to. And if you don't yet know Jesus, why not take that step today? We say here at New Life that it's simple. It's as simple as A, B, C. Admit, believe, confess. We admit that we're sinners, that we need a Savior. We believe that Jesus is that Savior because he's the Son of God, as he claimed to be. And as such, he died for our sins, he rose again on the third day and has the right to be our Savior. He saves us from sin and death and the, to be our Lord, which means he gets to tell us what to do. And then we confess. 
We confess all of that to Jesus. We ask him to enter into our lives and we commit to living with him and for him by the power of the Holy Spirit for the rest of our lives. In a moment, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna invite anyone here today who doesn't yet know Jesus to simply pray along with me to enter into that relationship, to take that next step because it's a vital next step because it gives us hope for today and full restoration for tomorrow. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God who wants to heal, to restore. Lord, we would ask right now that by the power of your spirit that you would speak to hearts, minister to spirits, open minds, Father God, to receive who you are. Lord, for any here today who don't yet know you, I ask that right now that they would simply respond to you by saying something like this. Lord, I need you in my life. Can't do this on my own. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of your love and your grace. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is my Savior and my Lord. And right now I confess my need for him. I confess my sins to him. And I commit to living this out by the power of the Holy Spirit from this day until I see you face to face. Lord, for any of us who are here today who need a healing touch, I pray right now, whether that is in body or soul or spirit, that you would bring that to mind. Lord, that you would even right now by your spirit bring that to mind so that in just a few moments, Father God, we could come to receive healing and restoration that only you can offer as our brothers and sisters pray over each and every one of us who are willing. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for what you've done and what you'll continue to do in the days and weeks to come. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.